I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dear Diary. Sixth grade. February 14th. 1991. I am really depressed. How could she break up with me? Mom, you can't read this. Within a couple days of starting preschool, I met the love of my life. Oh, you started early. His name was Owen. And we very quickly were like, we're going to get married. We're together forever. And, like, told our parents that and everything. And he he was aware of this. Oh, yeah. More so than I. He was, like, very into the relationship. Recently, we were brainstorming ideas for the podcast, and a question came up. Is your earliest memory of love sweet or brutal? And not, like, teenage heartbreak brutal, but, like, stuff we did at a really young age when our id still ruled our brains brutal. I'm Hadley, and I'm a producer on the podcast. I had already figured this out very young, that if I withheld my love from him, he would get very upset, and then I had the power in the relationship. So I would just, like, hit him and be like, Owen, I hate you, and I'd walk away, and he'd, like, start crying on the playground, and I would wait until it got, like, unbearable, and then I would go back over to him and be like, it's okay, buddy, like, I love you, everything's fine. And so I was, like, manipulating him from a very early age. Most of the time in pop culture, kids are presented as sweet little darlings. But as I'm sure you know, the reality is quite different. Kids are savages. I remember my mom telling me like, you need to be nice to Owen, but I just like loved making him upset so that I could comfort him. We were in an abusive relationship, even though we were three. And when you're an abuser under the age of six, it's fine. It's fine. Right. For Hadley, this kind of behavior didn't exactly end after preschool. In elementary school, I had a very similar relationship with a boy named Kyle, who was my best friend. And the biggest example of my way of showing him love, I pushed him into a pool once. Could he swim? Yeah, but he was very taken aback because I just pushed him into a pool, like fully clothed. I very strongly remember being like, if I push him into this pool and save him, he will be in love with me. And was he fine with this? I think he was not okay with it. I remember him 
crying and his mom wrapping a towel around him and her yelling at me and me crying because I couldn't explain like, no, I was going to save him because that's insane logic. I thought I was doing something that could be romantic, but now I realize that I was just being very mean. And Hadley wasn't the only one who had a strange way of expressing their earliest romantic impulses. I'm Ariella. I'm the intern. Instead of inflicting pain on those that I had a crush on, I inflicted pain on myself to get the attention of my crushes. Uh, This guy, his name is Giancarlo. I believe I was in the third or fourth grade, and Giancarlo broke his arm. He had a cast, so during PE class, he would go to the nurse's office and just hang out, do homework, color. So I had this wild idea that <laughs> that I was going to break my arm so I could be in the nurse's office with Giancarlo. So one evening, right after dinner, Ariella went to my back porch and I kept jumping off of it until I felt that my arm was broken or sprained. (laughs) I jump off of it like five times and it, you know, it hurts. I remember like the big thud of the land and each time it's getting more and more painful, but I keep going so I can get in a cast. And I did. I was so excited. I was like, yes, I get to be in the nurse's office with John Carlo. When we were at the nurse's office, um, it was pretty magical, actually. The main activity was coloring. We shared crayons, so... Um, Did your hands ever, like, brush against each other as you reached for a crayon? No, I, I wish, no. But I do remember being like, oh my gosh, Giancarlo gave me the brown crayon. This was a good day. And then about a week and a half of me being at the nurse's office, Giancarlo leaves because he got his cast off and he was cleared to go back to PE. And I was just stuck in the nurse's office by myself. (laughs) Have you ever hurt yourself in the name of love again? I did. I do. I did? No, I did. I don't anymore. (laughs) What? What? Love is painful? Love, love is so painful. Like brutality and love are very strong emotions or like strong things when you're little. And you get them a little mixed up, I think. From PRX and Radiotopia, this is the Mortified Podcast. I'm Dave. And today on the show, puppy love shows its fangs. Re-experience the strange, brutal, and totally barbaric things that grade school kids do when struck by Cupid's arrow. I just like loved making him upset so that I could comfort him. Tales of Savage Love, Playground Edition. Hi. I grew up in the 1960s when no one talked about bullying and there was no such thing as open circle or a responsive classroom to process our feelings. In fifth grade, if you liked someone, you hit them. (laughs) If you were angry with someone, you hit them. I never thought of it as being cruel to each other at the time, though. I, I think we just, this was the way that we expressed our, ourselves and this was the way that I think we were flirting. 
Oh, any sort of touch was absolutely exciting. It was just, oh my God, a boy is touching me. This is love. January 4th, 1965, I was 10. Today was okay, I guess, except for math. Fuck on Mrs. Shea. What a queer. <laughs> what a queer. <laughs> you open your mouth and she gives you an extra assignment. I threw a snowball at Ricky Morrison and he hit Julie for it. I told him it was me and he kicked me. I love him. <laughs> January 6th. Julie admitted that she loved Ricky, vice versa. They said they'd kiss each other. Darn Ricky chickened out. What a double crosser. I called up Ricky and he said, hello. I said, how could you? Now Julie hates your guts. He said, good. I said, you love her, why don't you kiss her? He said, why don't you hang up? I said, make me. He said, okay, I'll hang up. I said, go ahead, I don't care. He did. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> we were flicking each other with water in art and he drew a football player on my picture. Even though he didn't kiss Julie, I love him. <laughs> January 14th. Today was really great. Ricky hit me over the head hard with his books. <laughs> I hit him back, it was neat. When Kathy and I were walking home, we were swearing like hell. It was neat. <laughs> January 15th. Ricky hit me over the head real hard and I nearly collapsed. I spent 45 minutes lying down in the nurse's office. <laughs> Went to the synagogue. Choir sang beautifully. Sermon was great. It was called Keeping Your Nose Out of Other People's Affairs. <laughs> Jan <laughs> January 25th. Ricky sent me a note. After that, he said he wanted to kiss me. I would have, but I had fuck art school. March 13th. Betty hit Kathy in the ear with a rock. Kathy was crying. Poor Kathy. Too bad I couldn't get a chance to beat up Betty because, boy, she needs a beating up once or twice. March 20th. Mom got me a bra. Damn it, it's too big. <laughs> March 24th. Mom got a bra for me. Too small, damn it. Oh, well, she said she'll get a nicer one. April 7th. Definition of school. Yuck. Crummy. Boring. Stinky. Disgusting. Horrible. This definition also applies to Kathy McDonald. <laughs> April 20th. Got bra, whoopee! Finally, I'm really keeping it. I might even have the nerve to wear it to school on gym days. <laughs> October 2nd. This is sixth grade. Dream. I don't know why, but I was just getting out of the shower after playing in this fort. I was naked after taking off my towel, and I heard a strange clump up the stairs. Ricky walked in. I grabbed my pillow and held it in front of my body. Ricky was coming closer and closer. I sat down. All of a sudden, I felt a cold hand on my rear. I said, oh, Ricky, he said, I'm going to strip you. I said, no, you're not. He said, I am so. 
I said, well, then you have to kiss me, and then you can strip me, okay? (laughs) We then went to the garage and were sitting down. I was on his lap. Then I felt his arm go around my back. He closed his eyes. I put my hand through his soft hair. Suddenly, I felt his lips touch mine. We kissed. He started to pull them away after a minute or two, but I kept my eyes closed and my lips stayed puckered. We kissed again. Then I felt a warm hand feeling my breast. It was his. (laughs) As he felt my body, I asked him for more love. He said, Debbie, I deeply love you. I smiled and said, I love you too. Ricky, Ricky, I said, I love you, I love you, I love you. Then we made out for five whole minutes. (laughs) It was the most thrilling feeling of my entire life. I loved him so deeply in my heart. Then the most terrible thing that could happen to a person happened. I woke up! (laughs) I liked Ricky all the way through elementary school. And I was hoping that we would date in high school, finally, but my family moved away in sixth grade, so I never did get to do that. Well, now it's really ironic because I'm a therapist and also I volunteer to go into elementary schools and work with kids about bullying and setting boundaries uh, with, with other kids. And so to hear what they're saying today is... Uh, They have a much better understanding, and we had no clue. No one talked about any of this at the time. We were just whacking each other over the head with books and throwing rocks, and no one had any idea that this might be something that could hurt each other and last a while. I mean, even that part where um, he hit me over the head really hard with his books, and I had to lie down for 45 minutes in the nurse's office. I mean... Who doesn't realize that something's really bad about that? But I guess it was like, woohoo, wow. This was even more attention. December 16th. <laughs> in study period, Julie, Kathy, Denise, and I punched holes in Ricky's paper. I was the one who told him, so he got after me. He took me from the back by the arms. He flexed my muscles, and God, it hurt. I love him so much. <laughs> When he was holding me, he said, free kicks, free kicks, anyone? Just to have him hold me. (laughs) That was Debbie Sosen at Club Oberon in Cambridge. So my name's Olivia, and I grew up in Jefferson, Oregon, the self-proclaimed mint capital of the world. Yeah, it's a one-stoplight town, but I'm sure, I'm sure no one grows more mint than that place. For Olivia, when it came to finding love in grade school, it felt like the odds were stacked against her. I did not fit in really well. I was the opposite of that. I was actually the only black kid in that whole town. Um, And then add to that, I'm just like, I was a goofy kid. It's like, I know I have zero chance of fitting in, so I may as well stand out. Growing up, uh, I missed all my romantic milestones, all right? I never really caught on to the whole dating thing, but that's okay, because I had my diary. It was my very special, very secret diary where I kept all my very special secrets, including from myself. (laughs) 
So a lot of what I wrote centered around this one kid at school. And uh, reading back, there's some stuff that I think was kind of obvious that I never picked up on. So I'll share that with you and uh, maybe you'll catch on quicker than I did. So this all starts when I'm 11. February 5th, 1996. Dear diary, here's the 411. You're not gonna believe this. Thursday in the bathroom, Anna told me not to be calling her no names or she'll kick my little ass and called me a damn bitch. <laughs> I almost said, who you calling a damn bitch? Instead, I actually thought about the consequences and decided not to. <laughs> so on Friday, I called her a bitch again. And she finally got mad and came up to tell me something that I totally forgot. All I know is it was mean, so I pushed her and she pushed me back and I grabbed onto her and she pretended to choke me. She said, I better leave her alone, okay? I just shrugged, so she let go of my neck and we went back to the classroom. And as soon as I got to my desk, I yelled, that was fun. <laughs> you wanna know the weirdest part? We weren't in any kind of trouble at all. And in the cafeteria, I said, hi, friend, to Anna, and she got mad. <laughs> April 18th. Dear diary, guess what happened today? I went to the bathroom hoping not to see Anna, but I guess my luck ran out, because there she was, sitting in front of the mirror, right where she belonged. When I came out of the stall, she just started staring at me, so I said this and that. Let me just run the whole convo for you to make it shorter. <laughs> me. Why are you staring at me? Anna because you don't like it. Me, why don't you just take care of your business and get out of here? Anna, fuck you. <laughs> Me, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Anna, fuck you, bitch. That's when she slapped me. Me, is that the best you can do? <laughs> Anna, fuck you, damn bitch. <laughs> Me, oh, I'm so scared. Anna, you don't scare me. End of convo. Pretty dumb, huh? Well, gotta run. The polls will be shaped with the next round of play. See ya. Yeah, apparently I felt the need to quote mid-90s PC games. So if anyone remembers You Don't Know Jack, yeah, that's where that came from. <laughs> April 24th. Dear Diary. It's weird how me and Anna fight because I don't completely hate Anna. It's amazing how while I'm in bed, I think about how pretty she is and how cool she is and her clothes variety. And I wish I could be like her. Short but popular, nice and mean and normal. Instead, I got stuck being ugly, uncool, unpopular, tall, mean and abnormal. I don't have a clothes variety either. The weird thing is, when I'm at school, I hate Anna and she hates me. I wonder what Anna thinks about. I like to think about Cecilia, too. <laughs> what I like about her is that she doesn't get mad in a split second and push you or do something like that. Let's see, what do I like about Jenna? <laughs> I guess I like the way she looks. Mostly, I just wish I was good with my hands like her. 
So later on in the same entry, there was some other incident that happened in our girls' bathroom with Anna and her group. They were standing in the path to the only exit, blocking the way out, so I tried to push through to get past them, and here's what happened. I felt myself get hit, so I hit Anna, naturally. I found myself facing Anna, who was red in the face and wildly trying to slap me, which made me back up unluckily into the corner, which led to a hand on my throat. This time, she really was choking me, so I kicked her off me. When school was out, I went to Mrs. Firth's office, that was our guidance counselor, just to say hi to her and to see if she found out what happened. She knew, and she said she just doesn't understand why we can't just leave each other alone. I don't know why either. I don't think it was me having an inkling of my own sexuality at that time, but it was definitely me registering interest. And I think for her, it just felt like, why is this kid staring at me? I already know we're not friends, so it's not anything good. It kind of went from zero to 60. What caught my attention was she had that like tough, badass, you know, kick-ass, take names kind of demeanor to her. And I remember having this sense of like, I need her to know that like, I can handle it. Not like come and pick on me, I didn't want that. But it's like almost to like to, to impress this person, to say, hey, like I can stand my own ground and that's gotta be cool to you. May 1st, remember I'm still 11 years old at this point. Dear Diary, isn't it weird how I like Anna but never show it? This is the weirdest secret I've ever kept from anybody and the only secret that's come so close to coming out and ruining my life completely. July 19th, Dear Diary, Shonda suggested I give you a special name. I thought about it and decided I'm gonna call you Anna. <laughs> August 22nd, Dear Anna, not Diary. What's up? Do you want me to tell you about my decision on your name? Okay. Whenever I hear because you loved me, I think of the things I learned from what I did to Anna. Well, it's getting late. I'm going to bed. Night. I think the best explanation is that every person is a lot more complex than it seems. And, you know, at that age, that's a lot of strong emotions for an 11-year-old to deal with. I certainly didn't know what to do with all of that. And so I think part of it was, you know, I already know this dynamic exists when I'm out at school, when I'm out in the world. And so we're going to roll with it. But inside, I know what I want. I know it's different. And hopefully one day we don't fight anymore and we can actually have a, a close, positive relationship. November 3rd. Dear Anna, what's up? Well, ever since the beginning of school, things have happened. On October 2nd, Anna had to serve an in-school detention in our classroom. I risked getting into trouble to apologize to Anna. I tried to give her a note, but she wouldn't take it, so I said straight to her face, I'm sorry, I called you a bitch, and walked away feeling stupid because I heard her saying stuff like, yeah, right. But after that, she didn't do much to me. She didn't flip me off at all, and she only glared at me two times. <laughs> January 29th. Dear Anna, guess what? I finally apologized to Anna. She said that I was like bitching her and shit and she didn't want to hear nothing from me. So I wrote her an apology letter. See you tomorrow. All right, so my guess is I never sent that letter because I still have the original copy. 
Dear Anna, I'm so, so sorry for calling you names. I did it for a stupid reason, and if you want to punch me from here to the next galaxy, then go ahead and do it. I won't hit you back, and you won't get in trouble for it. If you're wondering why I'm writing this to you, it's because I feel really guilty for what I've done. Do you think I should apologize to Alma and Colleen? I sort of see the need to, but it kind of doesn't make sense to me since they were just innocent bystanders that hang around you too much, and I guess I started calling them names too. <laughs> Sincerely, you know who. P.S. I'm not sucking up. I thought that an apology just automatically smooths things over, but then we'd be cool. That is not what happened. She was meaner after that. Um, so I tried to, instead of like showing her this like tough front, I would respond to her like as softly as I could, like, okay, yeah, like try to be a little more demure, like light, lighten things up and hope, hoping she would come around. And if she would have accepted that apology and it turned into like we were even friends now, I, I would have been the happiest kid in that whole town. There's no question. All right, so after this point, I'd moved to a new town, started at a new school, and a year's gone by since I'd seen Anna. July 8th, 1998, at this point I'm now 12. Dear Diary, guess what? I saw Anna, my enemy of three years, at Brant Park yesterday. Me and Michelle were playing catch, and I was all, is that Anna? Michelle started shouting, Anna! She met up with us and goes, why are you calling my name? And Michelle goes, I was just seeing if it was you. And I'm all, hey, Anna, what's up? <laughs> and she's all, you better not be starting nothing. And I go, I'm not trying to start nothing. That crap is over. But I'm through with her fat butt. So growing up, it took me a long time to actually understand myself, but I stayed in the dating game throughout the whole time. And once I realized that I like girls, things got a lot better. <laughs> that was Olivia Washington in Washington at a mortified event at the Black Cat. And this concludes our look at the barbaric nature of grade school love, where we learned if your idea of flirting might lead to a concussion, you're probably doing it wrong. Ricky hit me over the head hard with his books. <laughs> I hit him back. It was neat. To share the shame, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit GetMortified.com to learn about Mortified stage shows, books, films, and beyond. In fact, we're actually launching a stage show in Nashville later this year, so we're looking for people to submit right now. Visit GetMortified.com, click participate, and who knows, maybe you'll appear in a future episode of this series. As many of you know, the Mortified Podcast is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, and if your company would like to support our podcast, we'd love it. Email sponsor at Radiotopia.fm. Our podcast production team for this episode includes superstar producer Hadley Dion, superstar intern Ariella Rands, superstar producer who's not heard in this episode, but, you know, in spirit, Neil Ketcher, and myself, Dave Needleberg, not a superstar at all. Alex Hewitt and Karen Corday story produced these for the stage. Music by Gordon Bash, Alex Burke, Adam Smith, The Angel, Zoe Rose Palladino, and Snakes, Snakes, Snakes. Additional thanks to all the dedicated Mortified Live producers whose work make the stage show possible. Until next time, we remind you that we are freaks, we are fragile, and sometimes we're really fragile. I was like, Brian, how did you break your arm? And he was like, oh, I tripped over a dandelion. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? The how strong was this dandelion? <laughs> I 
how weak was Brian? 